Welcome back to Beyond Well. For years, there has been a grassroots push to build a new mental health facility in Wilsonville to meet the region's desperate need for inpatient and outpatient mental health resources. With the emergence of COVID-19, our healthcare system has been stretched to the brink, leaving patients across Oregon unable to receive, in some cases, even basic mental health care. It's no secret that Oregon for years has relied on emergency departments and jails to be the places of last resort for people experiencing mental illness for the simple reason that we don't have enough beds. Now in the time of COVID-19, we're seeing the consequences of that misplaced reliance as emergency departments have begun closing to all but the most serious needs of our public health emergency. Cedar Hills Hospital CEO Lamar Frizzell and Director of Business Development Michael Sorensen have a plan to quickly begin addressing the shortfall. These two have been on the front lines of Oregon's mental health crisis since the COVID-19 response, and we are talking with them today. They are urging the governor to use her emergency powers to expedite construction of a new mental health hospital in Wilsonville, which for years has been in political limbo. I want to welcome Michael Sorensen and Lamar Frizzell to our show today. Thanks both of you guys for joining us. Thanks for having us. You know, I like to begin this show by asking how you're doing, but I can only imagine that how you're doing has been complicated so much by the COVID-19 response. Lamar, what does it look like this week in terms of people's need for mental health services? Uh, We're continuing to see uh, a great need. We continue to have uh, referrals. We continue to do our assessment processes. We just converted all of our outpatient to telehealth to keep them plugged in. Oh, that's uh, fantastic. Um, yeah, to therapy and continued treatment. Uh, that's ongoing. In fact, quite honestly, it's grown since last week when we started that transition. And Michael, I want to talk about the need for this additional facility. Describe for me why it's so important that we have these additional beds. It's so important, uh, Sheila, because we... We have, a, we have a deficit, frankly, in, in our state. The, uh, the number of folks that call asking for services and our capacity to respond to them is, uh, is limited. The whole system in the Portland metro area and across the state is, is so pressured with, uh, with other needs right now and with a limited number of, of professionals that are focused on this kind of care that um, there's just not enough. People are waiting in hospital emergency rooms so they can get access to the kind of crisis stabilization that we can offer. And the number of uh, hospitals that are participating is just too few. And have you had to turn away patients because there isn't enough bed space to accept them? Yeah, and it's kind of a complicated answer to a pretty simple question. We have uh, several programs here at the hospital that someone might call about. One is crisis stabilization, of course, for being in in crisis and a threat to their own safety or a threat to the safety of others. And those folks um, really sometimes need some pretty intense services. And being that we're a hospital that's got 98 beds, we limit the number of beds that are focused at that level of intensity. Yeah, I can Um, imagine. It's it's very staff intensive. the opportunity for staff to be injured and other patients to be injured is, is there, but the reality is we want to pre- be able to provide a safe experience for both both the patients and um, a, a professional and safe experience for our employees. So sometimes we are we're full, or we have a number of folks that are in that space that their struggles are so those their struggles are so severe that we can't fill all the beds because it's just not safe. 
We have beds that are dedicated for detoxification for folks that have addiction and they just need, they need a medical experience in order to come down. Um, sometimes those beds are full and when someone calls needing that experience, again, sometimes we just don't have capacity. Lamar, what would this sister facility do for your ability to provide for people who are in crisis or who need behavioral and mental health services? Well, for starters, Sheila, it would, it would allow us to diffuse meaning to spread out the burden of care for various levels of care. So the kind of thing that Michael's talking about, uh, the higher acute patient would have more beds and those who need detox would have more beds. Correct, yeah. Who are dealing with bipolar issues, maybe in manic or depressed states, they would have more beds. And so you're able to diffuse the need by the opportunity of offering them more beds. You know, what Michael said was true. It's a simple answer to a complicated situation. Yeah. Simple answer, and you and I have talked about this before, is just we need more beds. And if we don't have more beds, that's where people are not served and not served well. I want you to talk specifically about what your um, experience has been if you model or map out, especially where the peak of this crisis has already hit um, other major cities. In New York City and the places where we're beginning to see the ultimate toll on mental health, what happens to both the general populace and also people with pre-existing mental health conditions? And then again, those who are really not doing well, what's the impact of COVID-19 on the mental health system? There's a real tendency to, to press them aside, to push them aside, to basically triage them low, meaning they, uh, and for obvious reasons, when you have a, an acute medical crisis, then that has to be a, that has to be addressed and addressed immediately mm. or, or sudden death could occur but if you have more beds with regards to psychiatric services you can actually handle both better because you're able to take care of those who have more medical issues and at the same time be able to triage those behavioral health patients out from the EDs into the appropriate levels of care you're limiting beds to those who have medical needs uh, or you marginalize the behavioral health cases to the point that they don't even show up anymore in some respects. Wow. And that's, that's of concern. You, oh, you bet it is, especially given, you know, springtime's always where we see an increase in the suicide rate in Oregon yes. anyway. So, so, Michael, could you tell us what the situation is right now? What is the status of the hospital? We're, uh, we're fully operational. Um, the, uh, the hospital itself is, is fully staffed and we are taking patients, uh, our patient requests on a, a daily basis from hospitals for transfers. Folks can, can drop in as well and they can also call and make an appointment. To your question previously, there's also the opportunity when somebody knows that there's a psychiatric hospital that they can get direct access to, they can bypass the emergency department thereby bypassing the possibility that they can come in contact with somebody with COVID. We're proud of the fact that when someone shows up at our, at our hospital, it's about 15 minutes from the front door to an assessment room and about two hours, if they're appropriate, from an assessment to a bed if we have one. So there's, it's a pretty different experience when someone comes through our, our, our front doors. And, and Lamar, <clears throat> could you tell me what is the status of the hospital that you are attempting to try to get built in Wilsonville? Um, yes, we, we have complete approval 
from the, the people of Wilsonville represented by their councilman and by their mayor. Uh, we have construction company basically lined up. Uh, we have the land that's been approved for a number of years now since the start of this process occurred. We're basically, if the governor were to allow us to start building, we could start building immediately because everything else is in place. And you're asking the governor to uh, waive this certificate of need. Why is this so crucial? Unfortunately, the certificate of need process has become more political. And because of the political nature that this has generated, we're, we're not able to move forward. We're not able to allow for those beds to be uh, to become operational and therefore we're not able to make arrangements for patients who really need this kind of service. This hospital right now is shovel ready and the city permits are, are approved, the design is nearly finalized, so all you're asking the governor is to simply waive this bureaucratic step which is this certificate to allow you to build a hospital that doesn't use public financing, correct? Yes, that is correct. I wonder what Oregonians could do to help make sure that this facility gets built and that there's more widespread access to mental health services. Boy, if, if they could see the opportunity that we're talking about and they could see the number of people that we could help and that could motivate them to communicate to that high level, the governor's office, state and local representatives to do what they could to communicate the need of moving this process forward, that would be, in, that would be incredible. I, I think it's going to have to be a real grassroots vocalization of support and concern toward behavioral health patients and the opportunities of providing for those same patients. They're, they're going to have to become vocal and uh, communicate widely to be able to try to adjust the status quo right now. Um, Michael, I want to talk about some of the programs that Willamette Valley Behavioral Health will have, because it's not just for people that are in immediate crisis, but there's all other kinds of programs that are going to be offered as well. Sure. Uh, you know, the, the hospital is slated to be serving um, the teenagers, uh, I believe it's 13 to 18, and then adults, as well as folks who are in their, their uh, twilight years, geriatric programs. So the hospital will have 100 inpatient beds with a variety of programming similar to what we have here at, at Cedar Hills, but uh, we don't have a children's unit here, an adolescent unit, and that will be added. In addition to that, just because somebody comes into a hospital and gets stabilized doesn't mean they're ready to go back out to the community and be able to live their life the way that they might have before the crisis. Um, we'll also be building an outpatient program that includes a partial hospitalization program, which is um, about five hours a day, five days a week of intensive programming. Wow. Uh, includes therapy and seeing a psychiatrist uh, and uh, medication management if that's necessary. And then we'll also have an intensive outpatient program, which is a step down from partial hospitalization. So you, you start in an acute space, you move into kind of a day treatment program that's five days. And then a, a lesser intensity, uh, usually about three days a week. And then, uh, then you're able to move on, hopefully, within six to eight weeks into, uh, back into a, com a community setting. Yeah, you know, the, the fact that you're going to have a therapy 28-day intensive program for active duty soldiers, that you're going to have chemical dependency 
co-occurring disorders, women's program, chronic pain program, just the, the variety of, of need that is out there right now that's not being met um, because there isn't enough hospital space, enough beds, enough programming. If people want to get involved, you can go to Cedar Hills Hospital's website where you can click on a banner to have your voice heard, or you can click on their top of their Facebook page and actually let your opinion on this be known. And Michael Lamar, do you have any closing thoughts? Michael, I'll let you go first. My closing thought is that, that without an increased number of psychiatric beds, we have a reduced, uh, reduced level of quality that folks who are experiencing crisis, mental health crisis or a substance use crisis when they present at an emergency room, the quality is lesser. As Lamar had suggested that if the emergency room is busy, those individuals are going to be triaged later. And sometimes they'll even leave and not be able to to get the care that they need. But having an increased number of psychiatric opportunities or or beds available means that folks can can get access more readily and and directly. Sheila, we, we just want to get this hospital up and running because we want to take care of patients that Oregonians would support and that we certainly want to be able to use our skill set to improve the quality of life for these patients. I'm very struck, especially at this time, um, while so many people are completely focused on the health of our citizens in Oregon, it's important to remember that mental health is a part of health and that there are going to be many, many people who are suffering because of the isolation and quarantine, especially our older Americans and people with um, underlying mental health disorders deserve our attention as much as ever. Thank you, Lamar and Michael. Really appreciate your time. If you want to find out more information, again, cedarhillshospital.com. And also you can join on Facebook, become a member of the Cedar Hills Hospital Facebook page and uh, click the link that is pinned to the top there. Thanks again, you two. Bye.